Thank you for tuning in to the Compete with the Stack podcast. I am your host, Adam Carter, head football coach at Grayson High School. This podcast is designed to dive into the 3-3 stack defense. I have put together a list of some of the best 3-3-5 guys that I know. I'm excited to bring this information to you. Again, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Compete with the Stack podcast. Uh, this is Coach Adam Carter, head football coach at Grayson High School. This is our third episode. Uh, we are joined tonight by Coach Andy Scott. Uh, he is the current defensive coordinator at Hiram High School. Uh, he is also coached at Lee County, Perry, and is the head coach at Kennesaw Mountain. Um, I have been friends with Andy Scott for a long time. We've both been 3-3 guys, and uh, our philosophies are totally different. So I am jacked up about this just to be able to sit and listen to him talk um, and uh, and see what kind of knowledge he throws at us. Coach Scott, thanks for coming on. Well, looking forward to it. Appreciate it. I think it's kind of it's kind of funny. Uh, we have known each other for a long time, and uh, you always, you know, uh, get on to me of, how much we blitz and I always get on to you for how little you do blitz. So well, this, let me tell you, this will my, be guys, my guys, uh, we did a zoom uh, meeting with the uh, uh, install with a team out of South Carolina the other day. And one of them asked me and uh, I said, it makes you think about it. And we had actually pulled the numbers and coach, I was like the highest percentage I was in a game this year was like 15%. Holy and, cow. and what I've done is, I went back and revisited like what we do, you know, and tried to see, you know, what our kids can do better and what I can do better, put them in better situations. So this right here is uh, is more for me. Uh, anything, you know, I think I need the confidence to uh, to put our kids in some of those situations. So I'm I'm jacked up to to hear what you got to say tonight. So we'll get rolling, Coach, and um, and uh, and you just kind of like I said, you go off and. And you talk ball, and, and I just want to sit here and listen. So uh, wh- when did you first get involved with the 3-3? Well, it's kind of funny. When I, um, when I went to college, I uh, went to Memphis State uh, out of high school, and then we kind of, after that first year, uh, had a coaching change. And, you know, listening to Jeff a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about um, visiting with Joe Lee Dunn, uh, that second year, um, Chuck Stobart had gotten the job at Memphis and brought Joe Lee Dunn. So as a backup offensive lineman, scout team, All-American kind of guy, um, I got to see firsthand, you know, back then what Joe Lee's defense looked like. And uh, so by the time I figured out I couldn't play at Memphis State and barely would have an opportunity to play at Middle Tennessee, um, you know, having to, to, to block, you know, we, we were a wide tackle six team, which for everybody knows about that in the old days was nothing but slant 50. And uh, you were moving every single slant. You'd have – you know, two twos and two fives or two fours and uh, everybody's moving. So uh, when I had an opportunity to be a coordinator at Perry the first time, I knew that, you know, we were going to be a slanting, attacking defense. Um, But it's kind of funny, that first year as a coordinator in 2001, um, we were wide tackle six for days. But, you know, playing guys uh, like Mike Parrish, who was at Jackson High School, um, and Mike Rozier was who was at Henry County. They were spread for days. And, of course, uh, Peach County, um, you know, they were incredible during that time. Brian Ellis, who's now the OC at West Kentucky, every time he and I see each other, talk about how they used to, you know, throw the ball all over the place. So we kind of went through this, I guess, transition uh, back then with Donnie Branch, who was uh, 
a wide tackle six guru and, and would talk to him quite a bit. And so he started transitioning to uh, the three three out of the wide tackle six. And we had a kid uh, named Canaris Davis at Perry who was really a two technique for us, but he could fly. And everybody used to say, why don't you play him at linebacker? And I, I was always like, why? Because you'd line him up on the line of scrimmage and he'd make it a tackle for loss. If you move him to linebacker, he's getting a tackle for a one-yard gain. I thought that was stupid, you know. Um, yeah. So we kind of – we started – we kind of backed him up. And back in the old days, you know, we would play wide tackle six principles, but we would line up in a 3-3. Three, three. And just kind of through the whole thing, it was, you know, we'd make calls like stack all go, uh, stack right and left. I mean, it was just – it was pure stack. I uh, had the opportunity uh, in 2011 to go work with Dean Fabrizio at Lee. And for people who uh, kind of followed Dean's career prior to moving to Georgia, I mean, he was a 3-3 guy uh, from Florida. And when he went to, to Peach, most people now, uh, talking to Chad McGee not long ago over at Hoover, um, you know, they're trying to do some of the Iowa State stuff. And I know I, I listen to you, you're trying to do some of that. But Dean, when he came when he came to Georgia in 2010 at Peach, uh, and we played him when I was at Perry, they were three three with three safeties, and they took their adjuster and lined him up about two yards behind the mic. So working with Dean for for a year um, really kind of took his three three and our wide tackle six principles and kind of merged them. Um, so you know when I joke with you and, and joke with Wade Stewart and all those guys that uh, uh, are kind of from your your three three you know for us blitzing is being able to line up in the exact same defense but post snap get into absolutely every single front known to man and I joke all the time unless I'm directed to by our head coach uh, or you know take a job that I'd, I'd have to do it do something different I'll never get out of it just because you can sit in a staff meeting and anybody can draw up anything and we have a blitz to get us into that exact same defense. Um, so that's kind of how I've transitioned into it. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me being a guy who's, you know, I've been a coordinator in a 4-3, a 4-4, a wide tackle six, and a stack. Uh, for us, you know, 3-3, three, three, um, I just don't think there's anything better to be able to combat what offenses are doing, um, especially now that teams are – kind of migrating more back into away from the four, you know, four receiver sets and getting back into some two-by-one and some H-back. And, you know, I know my guy, Mike Feaster, loves playing with as many tight ends as humanly possible to give the defense issues. But I think the 3-3 three, three gives offenses issues. So Mike opinion. wants to have five offensive linemen and six tight ends on the field. If possible, that is correct. Well, maybe he'll leave. Maybe he'll leave one back there to run the ball every once in a while. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so we played Fabrizio. Well, we played you guys in fifteen. Mm -hmm. uh, remember at Marietta, yeah. but we played Fabrizio in eighteen. And um, you know, just seeing some of the stuff they they did to us, and like you said, you know, you can send one and get to a normal over under front. Um, but the thing about it is, is people just don't understand where you're coming from, and you got to be willing to do it. And again, I think that's um, that's part of the the benefit of it, and unless your kids pin your ears back, and uh, like I think that's what we have at Grayson this year. We got some kids that are, are that can run. Um, we're not we're not very big, 
but I think we got some athletic kids that can run and, and I think we can hold up on the back half. So again, this is kind of, um, this is going to be great for me. So, you know, you kind of hit on it a little bit, you know, um, it, the, the game is kind of changing back to some sniffer to some attached tight end 11 personnel, you know, I guess it had been, you know, the trend was uh, four and five wide there for a little bit. Now you, you're just about every Friday, you're going to see some attached tight end stuff. So, how have you you evolved um, from, you know, whether it was at Perry or, or Lee or, or Kennesaw or now, how have you evolved over the years with the defense? Probably the biggest adjustment is, um, you know, I, coaching, at, coaching at a place where we weren't quite as athletic as Marietta, uh, McEachern, Hillgrove, North Cobb. Um, I felt like I became a better defensive coach playing with kids that were a little bit smarter but not quite as athletic. Uh, because it allowed us to do a lot of different things and even try things that you just, you know, maybe halfway through the game or on Sunday, you're thinking, dang, why did I, you know, even try that? Um, but, you know, we kind of went through a, a period where we wanted to try to match numbers, okay? So if you lined up in a triple set with a, with a tight end attached, we were going to walk somebody down. Uh, if our spur, like for your pony, if we had to cover cover out on a receiver, then – we might end up looking like a three, four. Uh, we, we've done that. Uh, the more I've gotten into it and the more that um, you understand the defense, um, you kind of never want to break the box. Um, I think that's something that I've really had a hard time with. Um, I don't like taking my stack backers away from the stack. Probably the widest we'll ever play them is a hip alignment now. Um, but as far as the secondary was concerned, you know, when we were 4-4 four, four and, and, uh, and wide tackle six, we played cover three, cover one, and cover zero. And that's all we played. Um, you know, and then kind of working, working for Dean, Dean played a lot of what Iowa State did. They played cover two, cover four, uh, cover zero, you know. And so what we've tried to do is try to kind of look at it from that standpoint and try to say what fits our personnel, you know, for us. And, and, you know, my first couple of years at Kennesaw Mountain, I had to call the offense. And so I would look – I would call the offense the same way I, would, I called defense is I'd look out there and see how you're lined up and then obviously call the best play. You know, for me as a 3-3 guy, if I'm going to base out of a two-deep shell, unless you apex your backers, being able to take and leave an uncovered number two, that's an issue to me. I'm, I'm figuring that out. You know, I'm like everybody else in right now, you know, I'm watching as much film as I can. A lot of games that maybe I didn't get to see during the season, you know, last yesterday, I think, you know, I'm watching Mississippi state and LSU, LSU lines up in a two by two set, uh, LSU or uh, Mississippi state's in a, in a two high shell, leaving number two completely uncovered, you know, and they just throw the, you know, the little uh, circle sideline out there. And, and to me, that's college football as the high school coach, I, I can't, I can't, you know, fathom doing that. So we try to cover as many people as we can. But um, I think secondary-wise is probably the biggest place we've all changed because you know as well as I do, you can play split-field coverage now, but your combo calling everything. Right. You may be playing, uh, you know, special or or what we call skate, which is country cover three to trips, and then you know playing some form of bracket or or mod or you know, whatever you want to call 
uh, so low on the backside, but and you're sinking and you look like you're in too deep, but you're not in too deep. And I think the more and more people who do it, and the more people I study, you know, secondary wise, you've got to be able to match receivers. If you don't, teams are good enough now, whether it be an RPO or a, just pick it up and throw it, that they're going to gain, you know, three or four or five yards just nicking and dunking down the field and you you don't want that you want them to earn everything from a defensive standpoint for sure what do you think has remained the same over the course of the years i know that you know on, on our stuff we're going to play five zero five uh we're going to bring a pony off the of edge in 2021 in wing t like what are what are some a couple of the things without getting into what you're going to talk about later just kind of hit on it that you feel like remained the same over the course of your career running this defense the, to me, the biggest the biggest thing is we we were going to find uh, every every which way possible to run what you were talking about a right and left call, and either bringing for us we would bring the corner the adjuster or your pony. It could be a backer coming off the edge. It could be the free safety. Um, we're going to find a way to run some form of right and left and bring an extra guy, and then we're going to find a way to be gap blitz and get us into a, an over or under front, depending upon what you um, And for us, we, we, through the course of last year, we brought everybody on the defense except for the field side corner. And that could be a, you know, a base call for us. It could be a man call. It could be a cover zero call. Um, but we, for us, in our defense movement and blitzing, you know, for years, for me, uh, slanting the front was like we did that every snap. Now, with this defense, uh, we try to blitz somebody the majority of the time. But uh, I will tell you this, if I, if I learn, you know, I learned more in the, the year I worked for Dean Fabrizio probably than I did at any other point in my career. But he taught me this. If you want to be really good at blitzing, you got to be able to play base. And you don't ever want for teams to think, that all you all you do is blitz, and if you if you and if I asked you last year, because I remember you know watching a lot of y'all's film and a lot and a lot of Lee County's film is you know Mike would say they look like they're blitzing every snap. Well, they're not. It's just the way you play the backers. If they play base effectively and they see movement, they look like they're blitzing. Right. And that's that's the biggest key that I learned from Dean. If you want to be really good at blitzing. You got to be. You got to be able to play base, and if you can play base, then when you blitz, it can overwhelm an offense if you're pretty good. So, when dealing with the spread, um, just this is just base stuff right here, not necessarily the the blitz part of what you'll talk about in a little bit, but just dealing with the spread um, as a defensive coach. You know, you talk about not not breaking the stack, men. Ty Lockett, that's my defense coordinator here at Grayson, have talked about this. And when he was at Burke, they never broke the box. And, and we will. You know, I'll remove both of those guys um, and and do some stuff with the D-line to, to take away some B-gap stuff. But it seemed, you know, you try to keep yours the same. But, um, you know, box fits and coverage, I know that coverage back behind it, you know, you kind of hit on that a little bit. But, you know, how has the spread made you adjust versus, you know, back – 15 years ago playing wing T and 21, 22 personnel. Oh, no doubt. I, I, I'll tell you this. The biggest thing, it wasn't funny at the time, okay, but it was just the way the, way the game played. Um, the year before I became the head coach, uh, we played Henry County, and they had a uh, – gosh, I can't remember the quarterback's name, uh, but he went to Alabama, and they had a receiver that went to Alabama. 
Um, I'll think of it in a minute. But they literally set the state passing record in a single game against us, and we were playing cover three, cover one, and cover zero, and we were getting picked all night. And it was, I mean, it was a 35, 30, you know, 37, you know, back and forth game, but lost. Well, the the next year we go to Henry County. And I told Mike before the game, I said, you picked us apart last year. We're not allowing that to happen. We're going to play nothing but country cover three, and we're going to spot drop. And when you throw it, we're going to break and rally and try to beat you that way. It was funny because we beat them that next year doing just that. And you thought, well, dang, that was, you know, why wouldn't we do that more often, you know? Um, But I think as, as I've evolved in this defense, you can't line up with the quarterbacks that we're seeing and you and I've had this uh, discussion about a lot of kids in this area um, you can't line up and give them the same look and expect to defend them so you've got to be able to play cover two and cover four and, and play different versions of cover three which whether it be special whether it be country cover three or you play match but if you line up and you do the exact same thing like I joked about we did one time and won a game, if you did that in today's game, I think you're, you're going to give up 900 yards of passing. I just think quarterbacks and receivers are so good because they pitch and catch so much that you've got to be able to match numbers, match routes. You can't, you know, I know a lot of people do it, and I know they do it a lot in the NFL, but my fear is, I, you know, I'm not a spot dropper. I'm a route reader. You know, if I'm playing, even if I'm playing country cover three, I'm pattern matching and route reading and, trying to hug up routes and trying to defend and deny every single throw. I think if you don't do that, uh, you're going to give up a ton of yards passing. Well, you've been in 7A for a long time, and, and, and that, that region was really, really good. And you see these quarterbacks that come up, obviously the one that just left for Marietta that comes up as a, as a freshman that's ready to go. And, um, and if you just sit there, like you said, and – stay country cover three spot drop these kids are comfortable enough to to wear you out and um and so i think you know we keep talking to our kids about taking space away and, and matching routes better and you know and taking that space to make the quarterback beat us not just hey tackle it when it gets you know when he catches it get on the ground you know you don't want to play like that so i'm with you we're going to try to do a couple of different things on the back calf um you know you've heard some of my stuff we're going to We'll play straight cover three, but we'll we'll definitely play some read and some quarters. And our trip stuff gets pretty in-depth, I guess, as, as far as trying to figure out what people do. But the spread is something, I think, in, in seven-day football, especially here in Georgia with the quarterbacks we see, it, you better be ready on the back half, man, because these kids will pick you apart. Um, but um, linebacker play. So this is kind of the start of Coach's um, – uh stuff he's gonna talk about the linebackers in the stack and, and uh we're gonna let him roll and, and he's gonna take it from here so coach talk about some some of your you can start with the stacks mike it doesn't matter however you want to start well the biggest thing that i think kind of sets us apart and and this is you know like i said coming from lee county and 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 running the our defense the way we do it and i, I know everybody's different i know you talked about reading the mesh and things like that uh, for us, in order for our backers to play fast, um, we're, we're trying to read the angles of the offensive line. So we try to, you know, always read the offensive guard to our side. And, you know, we always tell our outside linebackers, our Sam and our Will, that we want to be – we want to look like heat-seeking missiles. 
So 85 to 90% of the time, they are going to be sprinting downhill and fitting with the end. And so what we try to tell them, the only time that we don't do that is if we get a high hat or the guard pulls across the center. If the guard pulls across the center in order for us to match it out right in the way we play our base defense, is they've got to be able to just be lateral and fit with the fit with the nose. And if they fit with the nose, whether it be front side or back side, it allows those guys to play extremely fast. And one of the things that we've always tried to do uh, with our Sam and Will is we tell them, you know, we want our heels at five, but as the play, as you know, the play unfolds, what we try to tell them is it, it is better to be late and right than to be fast and wrong. Because, right. you, you know, and, and that almost seems contradictory to what I just said, is we tell them we want you to be heat-seeking missiles and we want you to look like you're shot out of a cannon. But if you're shot out of a cannon and you're doing something completely, uh, you know, wrong, it's going to cost us. So what we tell them is, is if you read or you feel like you're indecisive, we teach them to fall downhill. Uh, and what that, what that kind of looks like is, is the same, you know, which kind of just what we call pitter-patter feet. Some people would call it, uh, you know, as an old safety guy, you know, pop-pop steps kind of thing, just kind of fall downhill. And then when they get it, they got to go. And for our mic, uh, you know, the, the best mics I've ever had in this defense look like, like dang rovers. Uh, instead of lining up, you know, toes at five, they're, they're sometimes six, seven yards deep. And they're, they're you know, lateral and fit, fitting everything inside out. And there were years when we've been pretty good in this defense where we had a mic and a free safety that those guys were what we used to call racers. Uh, you know, they, they would hit everything inside out. They would fit with everything. They would never overrun the ball. And for us, that's kind of the goal in this thing. And what we've tried to – because of the way offenses have, have changed uh, formationally and because we look like we're too deep but we're not too deep kind of thing, which most people in this defense are now, is we teach the spur, the adjuster, and the free to always play that way in the box. So whoever ends up being in the box is always trying to hit every single play inside out. Uh, because we – you know, a lot of people try to make things bounce to the sideline. For us, and the way we blitz, we're always trying to make the ball funnel into certain areas so yeah. that we know where the ball's going. You know, is that making sense? It does. Yeah, uh, it does. Are, are y'all a um, you know talk about? We we call it stab grab with your 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 technique that you're talking about with the linebacker. I've never backed the mic up that far. That's interesting, um, but it makes sense to keep him away from all the crap. You know, we do a lot of. We squeeze and spill with those fives, and we'll play fours and four eyes to keep the mic clean um, to try to keep people off of him. And we teach him the same. We did have a little issue last year about getting too wide um, uh, in, in our fits and those kind of things, so stuff we're having to clean up. Are you a big – do y'all gap exchange stuff on zone read? We have, but, it, you know, you, you say, um, you know, that it's kind of uh, different uh, back in the mic up. For us, in order to make a, a – a, a, a fit tighter we always felt like if you if you move the mic up and he played lateral and fit and he gets that down block by that offensive tackle if he's not a kid that can really dip under and climb vertical then he may have issues so what we that was our answer uh to back the mic up and the moment he read any form of guard tackle down or tight end down you know as they were approaching whether it be a kick out a power a counter that he was now just flying off of that tackle's uh, shoulder. Does that make any sense? Yeah. In that way, 
uh, instead of instead of trying to get him lateral and and get north and south, he was now north and south right now, uh, which really helped us. And to answer your question about zone read, we do. Um, we try to change. You know, if you go and you listen to a four man front team, they'll talk about you know who do you want to carry the ball and where do you want the ball to go. So they want the three technique or the shade either to the back or away from the back. For us, that's where we may B-gap blitz, right? So our B-gap blitzer becomes a flying three technique. And, you know, for us, the way we teach our defense as a whole, whoever blitzes, whether, you know, I say B-gap blitz, that could be the free, that could be the mic, that could be the, the Sam or the wheel, that could be the adjuster or spur. Um, we teach – or it could be a slanting defensive end – who's on the backside of a right and left call. We always teach those B-gap blitzers the exact same thing. If they're reading the wingtip of the guard, if the guard blocks down, you know, they're squeezing. If the guard pulls, they're in his hip pocket flying. If they get hi-hat, they're getting a pass read. So we try to teach that, whether it's a contained rusher or a, you know, a B-gap blitzer. But in all the zone read type stuff, we always try to teach that just like um, we teach option responsibilities, whether who's got dive, who's got quarterback, who's got pitch. Mm -hmm. So in our base defense, obviously, like most people, you know, you get a full zone read, that, that defensive end's flying down, you know, off the heel line of the, uh, the O-line, and he's taking the back. You know, you stack back or your dog, whichever one you want to um, fit where, you know, one has quarterback, one has, has pitch. Um, and so we kind of – we've always tried to – teach zone read the exact same way we teach option. Right. And I, and I think we probably do a lot of that stuff the same. I'm curious on this. It, let's say you send one of your stacks. Let's say it's, it's a one back set. And this is, I know I'm getting into a little bit of what you're going to do in a little bit, but well, matter of fact, I'll just hold on. Cause that's one of the questions later on. So we'll hold on. Um, so we talked about it and you, you kind of mentioned this about kind of installing stuff as pressure as a base. So, Tell me your philosophy behind that, 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 those thoughts. So for us, in, in the way we kind of have built our defense over the years is we have what we call a – I mean, I joke we're a 4-2 nickel from a 3-3, three, three, right? So if, if we're going to play, you know, the, the old-fashioned four under three deep, those, those four guys under can be different bodies, right? So you don't – you have two hook, hook curl defenders, two, two – you know, flat defenders and, and, and three, three deep guys. Well, for us, they just need to know who, who's drop they're taking. And so if I'm blitzing, then the guy to the inside of me has my drop if I, or vice versa. Um, and that really goes into what we call base. And, and, and it's like, you know, jokingly, it's 25, 30 different ways to blitz and play our base cover three defense. And then we have, you know, the old fashioned versions of man free where you blitz two guys. Well, that becomes Pandora's box of how many blitzes can you call where it's two different blitzers, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go into the actual three deep or three, uh, three man blitzes and that becomes a package. And so, I mean, for, the, for, for as long as we've done this, I'll be honest with you, Adam, we got more calls than we could call in a season. Right. The ways we could blitz, right? So you kind of just – what we've tried to do over the years is 
we have the well you know we we have the the menu but then what we like and what we order and so like what we tell the kids as we put it in this is a this is an entire menu like you go to a restaurant there's 50 things or 100 things on the, on the on the menu that you can order well i go into certain restaurants being a former offensive lineman i'm ordering certain foods if I'm defending the same thing, I'm ordering that, you know, I'm doing the same thing how our kids have developed it and understand as well. If that makes sense, I hope it does. Yep. So, uh, and I, I think I get that way, especially when we have all this time, you know, what, what, what do we do? We get we get our boards out, we get our notebook and paper out, and we start drawing stuff. And so, you know, you drew 15 different ways to do something, and then you're going, well, crap, how am I getting my kids to do it? So I think that over the course of time and years that we've been able to create. I mean, I know, obviously, having Wade in, in my staff room for that year at Creepview, um, you know, wait, smoke him if you got him, Wade. Uh, and so uh, he, um, you know, he can, he can draw all kinds of stuff. I think it just depends on, you know, the fits and, and what you can get our your kids to remember. I tell you, because we, we got blitz stuff in our package that, you know, can get, I, I guess the the word everybody uses exotic. I don't know if we should now with that Tiger King movie, but um, it's uh, but our base stuff. Some of our kids busted this year, so I'm having to go back and look at the way I teach it and the way I call it and those kind of things. I think it goes back to what they can actually comprehend. So, Funny, um, go ahead. The your last podcast, you guys were talking about long sticking and long looping and the the you know the the five five-man pressures, and when I first got into this defense, Manny Diaz was at Middle, right? Well, I grad Middle Tennessee, where I graduated from Middle, was a GA up there, so he was kind of a voice of calling, and, uh, you know, Manny Diaz for years was a 3-3 three, three, uh, zone blitz, zone pressure, 303 three deep guy, right? And so a lot of our blitzes came from Manny, um, and so we, we had a couple the last couple years where it was called you know, tornado or hurricane, and we got guys. Yeah, I did. I did a. I did a study last season. Um, we called those seventeen times, uh, and we the best. We never got a sack. They were all amazing looking on film, but we didn't get a single sack. And then we had one one legit pass breakup was probably the best play of that of that cut up. And then you call the base pressures where it's just kids going north and south. And we set the dang school record for tackles for loss and, and sacks with just very simple, fast blitzes, you know. And, and so when I was listening to your last podcast, I was just kind of laughing in my head because a lot of these blitzes that people come up with, they're awesome. They look amazing. But then you don't ever get any pressure off of them because offensive lines now are taught so well with their, the way they pass pro and their zone and their slide protection. It makes it difficult to get pressure unless you can win a one-on-one matchup, you know. Yeah, if you don't have the dudes to win one-on-one, these guys – and that's what I go back and forth on on how many – you know, when you're talking about sending it for pass and all that stuff. If Well, where's their weak point? You know, who do I need to attack to get that one-on-one matchup? More so than anything, I think, like you said, drawing on the board looks cool, but if that one-on-one matchup that you create and you can't win it, then it ain't going to matter. So um, when you start calling stuff, um, you know, as far as your pressures, um, are you a down and distance guy? Do you, are you fielding boundary? How, how, do you, how do you do that in your head on a Friday night? Probably the best comment I've ever heard. Uh, I work for Kevin Giddens, who now works for the state at Coffee. Uh, and when we were at 
at Troop County years ago. Uh, he was at Colquitt. We played them in a playoff game. And he, he said that when they tried to, to figure out which way we were blitzing or coming from, he could never, never come. There was never a tendency. For us, I don't want there to ever be a tendency. Is that So if you have a play, and, and we've, you know, all defensive coaches do this. You try to, you try to take away what the offense does best, okay? So we're going to find out whether that's going to be base. We're going to be able – we're going to try to be able to defend your best plays out of base, out of that man-free package, and, you know, in a worst-case scenario down in distance, what do we need to be able to do in that, you know, in that down in distance? For us, the way we call the game really depends on you. So if you're a team, you know – that, that is a heavy, heavy – say you're a third down and five, it's 80, 80% pass. We're going to play the percentages, and then we just got to call what we want to call to match you. And I know, you know you're a big formation tendency-oriented, like a checker. Um, for us, we don't check ever. So if we, we have a, a blitz called, um, for, for instance, and we feel like you're going to be in a three-by-one – and all of a sudden, you come back in a in a max protection, uh, two two by one set. You know, unless we just feel very uncomfortable about it, we never check anything. So our kids just kind of adjust the blitz to match whatever you do. And I think that's one thing that teams, some people do, some people don't. For us, we what we call we try to call the game from a defensive standpoint, like an offensive coordinator. To where we're trying to attack the offense as opposed to the offense attacking us. Is that, you know what I mean? It does, yeah. So, and that's kind of stuff I'm curious about. Um, yeah. You know, like, say say you, you said you're trying to base it off, you got a pressure and you're thinking three by one, but they come out in a Twins Pro look with an attached tight end. Are your kids, I mean, that's kind of the part that, you know, our checks are built in when I say formation. If we have our storm called and it's, you know, three by one, we're coming from the trips. But if they come out with an attached tight end, we may come to the attached tight end. Are you just where are your kids going to come from, or do you just say we're coming from the left and right or right? For us, our defense has always been predicated from the from day one. Uh, we're a field and boundary, right? So we're we've always got. You know, we tell our kids the ball is always on the hash unless it's in in between the goalposts. And if that's the case, it's a it's a automatic left call. Uh, so we set, you know, our spur, our Sam, our field side defensive end, our field corner. Now, of course, if you got a, a a dude that can play, you know, in the secondary that's really really good, you may match him up against your your best DB. But uh, you know, we always try to have a field and boundary corner. Uh, the free safety kind of sets in the middle and then adjusts to the formation. But when I say we get a call, say it's a, it's a, a, a man-free call, it doesn't matter what formation you come out in, we're playing that call, right? So we may have a, a game plan check if you get in this. Like, you know, a couple of years ago we played Rome. I thought they were the best team I'd ever seen on paper. Uh, they come out and they're in a two-by-one. We're going to call this specific blitz. It didn't help us any, but we knew they were going to run power or counter. You know, and it didn't matter what Coach Reed was – I mean, they were going to be really good. We were just going to all out try to stop that one play, you know, one or two plays. Uh, but for the most part, 
our kids just kind of without calling them checks, they just kind of move and cover each other up. Gotcha. Do you peel technique with your guys and, and your cover zero, your cover one stuff? We, we've had that discussion till the cows come home. When yep. we were really, really athletic, um, we, we would always say, uh, yes. Okay. We are going to blitz peel. So whoever the contain rusher is, uh, has, you know, the deepest back, his, his rule on a contain rush. And again, we teach all the kids the same thing, whether it's a jet defensive end, uh, a blitzing backer, a blitzing safety or a blitzing corner. If you're the contain rusher, you're a yard wider and a yard deeper than the deepest back. And if that guy flares, you got it. But what happens is, is you get, you know, your best defensive end, and he's got a jet technique on an all-out blitz, the back kind of half-tailed blocks. Well, he's stutter-stepping because he thinks he's going to flare. Or he thinks, oh, I got the back on a, on a, on a screen. Well, we kind of, you know, have gone back and forth year by year. But, you know, here now, we're, we're gone. Because in every single coverage known to man, you got everybody covered in a man coverage. So even if the guy flares, we want to get pressure as fast as possible. So if you're the contain rusher or you're the blitz, you know, guy, we, we don't blitz peel anybody now. Well, we have. Uh, but like I said, year to year, we kind of changed that. Uh, but we, we feel like pressure on the quarterback trumps covering a back who's flaring. I feel, you know, it goes back to that same thing. We'll rally to that guy. Offensive coaches will say, yeah, well, you do that, we'll gain three or four yards. And it just becomes that who's got the pin last kind of thing. No doubt. So I'm going to kind of get in there and see if you can and, and give everybody a little info tonight. Um, Ten personnel, I know that you you got a whole a whole repertoire of stuff you can do, but if you had a ten personnel, you knew zone read was coming, give me, give me what you got if you knew it was coming. Probably uh, I'd give you about three or four different uh, calls. Um, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to B-gap blitz to the offset back, uh, which for us, when we were a zone read team, uh, years I was at Perry and, and years at Kennesaw Mountain, um, you know, are you going to read the five technique? You're going to read the three technique. If I give you a three and a five to that side, uh, kind of a tough, you know, tough defender there. Um, a lot of times we'll slant, you know, to the back in order to make the ball be given, right? Because that means the five technique stepping out or playing base, which gives the, you know, the quarterback the ball, which I think whenever you're trying to defend something, you're trying to say, well, who do we want to have the ball? Whether it's the quarterback or the running back, obviously. Uh, those would be the first two things. And then the second thing is, is, you know, we, we're always trying to, to, I guess, combo blitz, if that makes it, you know, we have a lot of calls where it's the uh, same thing we do secondary-wise. We'll blitz from one side, play base on the other, uh, and, and try to move as much as we can in the box. Uh, being a former offensive lineman, you know, I want to try to make life hard for the lineman. I don't want to make life hard for the, for the running backs of the quarterback um, because, you know, if, if they don't know who to block and they're slow, then I feel like it gives us an opportunity to set a new line of scrimmage. And when we've been successful defensively, I think that's the biggest key is giving that that front uh, a tough, tough uh, way to hold. 20 personnel. You know, I think we went back and forth. I actually had a um, uh, Coach Venables ask me out of the stack if we did anything, you know, out of 20 personnel when we knew we were power. Um, you know, yeah. 20 personnel and what I call 20 personnel is having a true sniffer in the game. 
Um, power's coming. You going to blitz the H? You want to blitz away from the H? What do you think? goes back to the same thing. The big key is we're going to try to match numbers, right? And so if you are a power counter team, which uh, we saw in practice every single day at Kennesaw Mountain for Mike and them, is we were going to try to slant to the H on certain, certain you know, calls or down in distance or whatnot. And then sometimes we would want to crash. And I think that goes back to the beauty of this defense is you can do them the exact same way and give the offense two different looks, whether you're blitzing to it or you're slanting to it or you're slanting away from it or blitzing away from it. You're always trying – I am always trying to screw with the lineman. So if I know you're going to pull a guard, I might be blitzing to that guard. So as he pulls, that's going to force the tackle to either really come down hard on me. Well, then, you know, when I know – when I feel like you're going to do that again, now instead of doing that, I may slant my defensive end down to the guard. You know what I'm saying? So yep. that's kind of how we've always played it. Now, now, for us, and this is a debate in a 3-3, three, three, is if you have an attached tight end, you know, how do you take that attached tight end and that age? And I know I've, I've heard you and and, uh, and Coach Heron talk about that a little bit. But for us, you know, we were always – we were going to try to cover that tight end down. You know, if, we, if it was big, we're going to be big. If it's – and we, were all, we would always play different with our defensive ends as well. If we were blitzing, and that's a three tech – I mean, excuse me, a, a, a tight end, we would do what we would call reverse slant your tight your your defensive end right through the head and neck junction of that tight end. But if it's a base call, then we just play him as a touch hog five and try not to, you know, get uh get driven back into the to the D line. But if we're blitzing inside of him instead of reverse slanting him, we might make an out call where he's just gonna flip her right through the the head and neck of the 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 uh, tight end and uh you know, really try to give those guys different looks on the offensive line. So you kind of touched on it just now a little bit. I think the biggest thing is um, for us that we see and the most questions I have is, um, and I'm sure Feaster will chime in on this when he listens to it, is is definitely the attached tight end and having multiple attached tight ends. And, you know, I feel like sometimes out of like 12 personnel and that kind of stuff, it's, Moultrie got us or Coco County got us in some bad spots this year, um, you know, trying to to fit it. And I think we did some stuff after that week that made us our, us better. Um, Philosophy-wise, you don't necessarily have to go into a certain blitz per se, but philosophy on being able to attack teams, because, um, again, that's kind of – correct me if I'm wrong, but your philosophy is to to be in attack mode for the most part. And so what's your philosophy when you have – that attached tight end, how are you going to attack those guys? Well, the biggest thing, and, and you know this as well as I do from listening to Mike and all the offensive gurus about different dudes in the backfield, whether it be two people, three people, they get in those diamond deals, they're creating more gaps, right? And the thing that I used to always talk about, you know, my first year as a head coach, we were too tight wishbone, you know, which is like, holy cow, you got all kinds of gaps. Well, you know, trying to – to all every offense is connected in whether they bring people out. And I know, you know, teams that are truly, you know, um, wing T, but now they're wing T out of the gun. All the plays are the same. They're just 
people are just displaced. Um, I think what you have to do defensively is whether they have players uh, moved out in space, you've got to match numbers. And if they got guys in the backfield, you have to match numbers. So what we, you know, and kind of going back to what we talked about with our linebackers, if you're the Sam in the wheel, you're hitting every single uh, inserter uh, with your inside pad. If you're the Mike, you're hitting every single every single thing uh, with your your uh, outside pad. If you're a safety that's rolled down in the box because there's an H, because there's a you know a Y or or somebody else uh, in the backfield, as you get your block, you're always playing each and every block from your leverage. Uh, you know, and and tackling's a whole different you know. Uh, deal but we try to teach every single defender as you're blitzing as you're fitting you're always playing from your leverage side shoulder um and so for us if you have a tight end we're going to have somebody on him if you've got somebody split we're going to have somebody split if you've got somebody in the backfield we're going to have an extra guy in the backfield you know I, we were at a uh, little summer camp this summer i thought it was hilarious we were at uh, at north cobb uh you know they lined up in in just regular one-back personnel, we're, we're six-man box or, you know, a six-man box and we're playing. All of a sudden, they put an H in there, and then I put a I put a safety, and Coach Queen goes, what are you doing? I said, well, you just added a guy. I'm going to add a guy. So then they added a tight end and a two-back. So I added a, another, uh, you know, a safety in there. So I'm matching his numbers. He's like, what are you doing? This is, this is you, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, but you just did it. You know, and I thought it was hilarious. And then he's like, well, get, you know, told Tom Clark, get them out. You know, so then they go back to the one-back set. Well, I take my guys out, you know. And I know it's it's an inside drill. Well, why would I play a six-man box and you got nine dudes up there? I'm not doing that. We used to have some pretty good wars at defensive camp uh, out at West Georgia with Coach Heron and Coach Dorsey ran them because of that, you know, being the yeah. stacks and those guys would come out with – wing tees and, and 21 personnels and all that stuff. Well, by God, we were going to have both ponies sitting there and one of them was coming. And, yeah. uh, and there, you know, then the whole deal with the RPO stuff started coming in and they'd put a receiver there and they'd try to throw a bubble and inside drill. So we'd have some, uh, we'd have some pretty good back and forth when it comes to that. So, um, well, coach Scott, I appreciate this more than, you know, man, it's, uh, it's always good to sit there and talk to good dudes that, that enjoy ball and, from a philosophy standpoint, it's good for me, and I'm sure it's going to be good for a bunch of people out there. And uh, your time is very much appreciated. And um, I, I know that everybody out there is going to get a bunch out of this. A lot of my enjoyed it, man. Appreciate it. All right, Coach. Thanks again, guys. This is uh, Compete with the Stack podcast. Uh, Coach Adam Carter, head football coach at Grayson High School. And uh, thanks again to Coach Andy Scott, defense coordinator at Hiram High School. Good luck to the Hornets, Coach, and thanks again. Y'all too, Coach.